Hello, everybody. I'd like to welcome uh, welcome you into another episode of the Up Tempo Podcast. Uh, today is December twenty sixth, two thousand and twenty one. I hope everybody had a uh, had a great Christmas. Uh, got to socialize with the family. Just uh, really, uh, really good blessings, and uh, and uh, everybody enjoyed it. I know I had a three year old who had an absolute blast. Santa was good to her, and uh, and we had a great time. A lot of good eats, and uh, it was it was a heck of a year. So, uh, just want to talk a little bit about what we got going on tonight. We uh, we have Dalton Garrett joining us, big uh, big Florida guy. I've had him on here one time, and uh, finally got him back on here. He's been pretty busy. Uh, he's a he's a head baseball coach, middle school baseball coach here in Mobile at Sims Middle School. He, uh, he's, you know, like I said in a previous episode, he's playing, he's been planning a wedding, uh, got, got the holidays going on. Uh, he's, he's just, you know, been really, been really jammed up for time. So, uh, we, we finally got him on here tonight and we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, the portal moves for Florida and what, uh, what Billy Napier's got going on. And, uh, and then we're going to move to, uh, some New Year's Six Bowl picks. I think we got uh, Michigan State and Pitt in the Peach. We got Notre Dame and OK State in the Fiesta. We got Ohio State and Utah in the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl. Then we got Baylor and Ole Miss in the Sugar. And then we got our two uh, two playoff games. We got Cincy and Bama leading it off in the first one. And then the nightcap, we got Georgia and Michigan. So we're going to go over both of, you know, all of them, both of the playoff games and, uh, and first, I'm gonna kick it to uh, I'm gonna kick it to DG, and and he's gonna give us a little rundown of what's been going on at Florida here lately. And uh, so, go ahead, man, take it away. Yeah, appreciate it, Blake. Um, yeah, man, uh, Florida's got a lot going on last couple of days. Um, Billy Napier's been making hires left and right. They knew he would as soon as uh, the season ended, obviously, and the new staff was officially moving in, and all the old guys were um, packing their bags and getting out. But he, he made a few more hires the last couple of days, just more of recruiting people, nothing really huge as far as on-field staff. We're still waiting on a few of the rumored guys, which are all NFL guys, uh, one being the O-lines coach for the uh, New York Giants, then the defensive line coach for the Bears, and then the cornerbacks, um, linebackers coach for the Minnesota Vikings, uh, both um, – both guys, defensive line guy was once as far as his Chris Rump, and the guy from the Giants' name is Rob Sale or Rob Rob Saul or something like that. He uh, coached he coached previously with Billy Napier at uh, ULL, and then went to the job for the Giants. And they're saying it's going to be a huge hire as far as recruiting goes. And then the one from the Vikings, the guy's name is Carl Scott. He was previously on Alabama staff, known as a really good recruiter as well. So those are the few names that Florida fans can be looking forward to um, in the coming weeks because neither one, neither the most likely those three teams will not be in the playoffs for the NFL. I think the only one of those three that still has a chance would be the Vikings. But once those guys' seasons are over, I think they're going to officially make the move to Gainesville onto the Billy Napier staff, which will be good with you know having about a month of month and a half work to do their um, finishing touches on this year's recruiting class. So that's 
um, some news as far as the hiring goes. Some huge news yesterday for Farty fans was that Ventrell Miller, our linebacker, who was out this season with a torn bicep, announced he was going to return for what I think will be his fifth, maybe sixth year. I'm not quite sure which one. Um, I don't know if this was his real senior year and next year would be his medical redshirt senior year or if he's got a COVID year somewhere in there or what. And then another player announced yesterday, Justin Shorter, that he was going to be returning as well, one of our most likely leaders. He'll probably be our wide receiver one, I'd say, going into next year. Uh, big, big-time guy, was five-star at high school, went to Penn State, transferred into Florida. Um, so those are two huge, huge um, gets. Even though they're not really portal gets or recruits high school kids, it's big time that Billy Napier was able to talk to those guys and, I guess, convince them to come back and be a part of what he's building next year in Florida. Love that. Love to hear that. Uh, what was the uh, what was the, the portal QB from Ohio State? Um, uh, Jack Miller. Jack, Jack Miller. Miller. Yeah, yeah, we got Jack Miller from Ohio State. That's a big one. Um, not necessarily sure how much he'll – you know, if he'll be really much of the – in the quarterback battle next year. I'm sure he will be. I don't know why we'd go get a guy out of the portal just to come in and watch. But, you know, all signs point, obviously, for any Florida fan to Anthony Richardson being a starting quarterback next year if – if he's, if, he's, if he's able to stay healthy. But, you know, it's never a bad thing to get somebody who can come in and push him a little bit, especially when it's somebody from Ohio State. You know, we're not no, – no, there's not a whole lot of guys that just get get to play at Ohio State for, you know, fun. So, he he, he was a four-star guy in high school as well. So, really talented kid. Good get out of the portal, I think. You know, it's uh, a position of need for Florida with Emory Jones leaving and not having – Really, a ton of playing time left on the roster. I mean, Anthony Richardson played some this year when he was healthy, but then the other two guys, uh, Carlos Del Rio and Jalen Kitna, both true freshmen this year, didn't see the field at all. So it's going to be a quarterback room full of inexperience. And even now, bringing in Jack Miller, he didn't. He was a third string at Ohio State and was actually um, released, I guess you'd say, from the team earlier in the season when he got his DUI. So. Mm. He doesn't have a ton of playing time either. So, going into next year, you're going to have a room of quarterbacks with a total of maybe 15 quarters of playing time under their belt, which sure seems like a bad thing. But to me, starting a new starting a new era with Billy Napier, maybe it's, maybe it's just a fresh start all the way around, a fresh start through the whole building. So, um, good, exciting things to look forward to for Florida fans. Yeah, uh, I really uh, I really like listening to that and and. You know, I know there was some 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 tragedy uh, that that come over Twitter. I believe last week, uh, the kid who tragically passed away wasn't uh, what what was his name? Uh, Roper. Uh, Rob, yeah, Robbie Robbie Roper. He played at, uh, at Roswell High School in Georgia. Yeah, uh, what wasn't Florida kind of getting on to him a little bit? Yeah, a lot a lot of people were um, a lot of people were getting on his tape recently. Uh, he was named. I want to say the 7A or whatever the highest classification in Georgia is there. The region he played in, he was named the 7A or whatever quarterback of the year, player of the year. He has some really incredible stats. I saw a couple of things on Twitter comparing his stats to a couple of other quarterbacks in the state, one who's committed to, or signed with Georgia, and another one, I can't remember quite where he was going, but it was two of the bigger-name quarterbacks uh, in the country. But those two, one of those guys played 1A ball and one of them played 2A ball. So they were just saying, like, well, you know, even though 
these guys have all the high-profile names, and they're the big guys. Everybody knows about. You know, Roper was able to do it in the in the upper you know upper class of Georgia high school football. But um, yeah, Florida was I think pushing pretty hard. I don't know if he had come. I don't know if he had gotten the offer yet. But rumor on Twitter and you know all the talking heads that had to do with Florida were pretty sure he was going to get that offer. And um, it's unfortunate what happened, especially with with um. The type of surgery it was, I don't think it was anything super major or anything that should have been a life-threatening thing. But, um, unfortunately, like you said, yeah, he, he did pass away. So, our thoughts and prayers are obviously out to that family. I know a lot of the guys from Florida, even ones who um, are still on the team now, were tweeting to the family. A couple of the guys either played with him in high school or knew him or were from the same area, played in the same schools, were putting out a lot of stuff about him. So, uh, yeah, it, it was it was not only a big thing for college football, you know, recruiting-wise, high school kids, but it definitely hit home for some of the Florida guys as well. Yeah, man, it was very unfortunate. And, and like you said, you know, prayers out to his family and friends and, and, and that whole community. Uh, I, I got on I got on Twitter and, and saw it, and, you know, I, I was – you know, I didn't even know the kid, and, and I was upset. Because you know you don't want to see anything like that, and and I watched, I went and watched his highlights, and man, the dude could play. Yeah, and and the the one interview they had with him when when he uh, he took it took it around the left end and and, and scored, and you know the, they showed that highlight and they had an interview with him post game and and he was just so excited. And and they come back and they had just won, knocked off a uh, you know a, a huge team over there in Georgia and and you could just see that that he was a gamer and he just had a bright future man and and you know we hate to see it and and we want to wish his family again and and you know that that's a terrible tragedy, but um you know moving on from that uh I do want to I do want to preview these uh these new year six bowl picks that we've got these bowl games. And, uh, but first, you know, man, before, before we get into that, I wanted to get your thoughts. Cause now, I mean, you know, I mean, it, it just feels like people are dropping like flies DG. And, and I mean, a couple of more games were canceled today. And, and how do you feel me and me and Dalton, me and Dalton Lane talked about it you know, a little bit, and we've had, we've had our, our talks about it. How do you feel about COVID and, and canceling the games and, and all of that with, with these 20, 21 year old kids? I mean, give me your thoughts about it. Yeah. I mean, obviously that's a super touchy subject around the country right now. Uh, whether you're on the side of, Hey, it's a good idea or it's a terrible idea to let them play. Um, I kind of fall in the middle. I mean, I think it's, They've played this whole entire season while all of a sudden, just because it's getting bad now, we're canceling games again. Uh, I'm sure, you know, obviously I'm sure there have been COVID cases for certain teams and, you know, staffs throughout the season since August. Um, yeah, maybe it's ramping up, but it seems to me like some of the teams maybe, you know, they have two or three kids test positive. I know this will happen to Texas and they only, they didn't have this They didn't have a ton of people test positive, but they also – had a bunch of people injured and all this kind of stuff. So I don't, I'm not saying they use COVID as an excuse, but they were able to finagle their way through and not be able to play the game and get out of it. And then 
just saw a little while ago. Miami, I'm not even sure. I think they were playing in like the Tony's, you know, Tony the Tiger Bowl or something like that. Yeah. Their their bowl just got – or they just backed out. I don't know if the bowl game got canceled, but I know they just backed out because of COVID. Um, I think it's unfortunate. I mean, I hate it. You know, you hate it for the guys that are seniors and the ones who are, you know, don't have a chance of playing in the next level. It's going to be their last games and they their season's in like that. But uh, as far as canceling the games, man, I, I, I think it's – like I said, I just think it's unfortunate. I don't know that it's a. I don't. I don't know if I can say it's a good idea or a bad idea. I mean, if if it's yeah. if the, if it's if it's running through a program that bad, I mean, maybe. You know, maybe it is the best thing to do because you know some of these guys. I mean, if you got your twenty-two starters, you know, on paper, and let's say fifteen of those guys are sick, I mean, yeah, sure, you could throw out your other, you know, your second string and let those guys get some play, but then you run into the fact, okay, what if you know. Three of those guys get injured. You you kind of start running a depth a depth thing, and yeah, uh, I think I think that's you would like to think that's the reason they're they're canceling these games. Is just these teams, if you know, if you have ten or so kids get sick, you kind of start running into a depth issue. But we but we both know, you know, that's that's not the point of this this that's not the point at this time. You know, what I'm saying they're they're mm-hmm. yeah. I, I don't I really don't even know, man. Yeah. It's just, it's kind of crazy to me, honestly, that that they're they're letting it affect. All of a sudden, it's just now. It's all of a sudden a huge deal again. Where it's, you know, it's it has it never went away to begin with, but now now all of a sudden they're making it out to be this super bad thing like they did the very first time it came around. So, I don't and, know. And, and see, and you know, that's that's my thing with it is, is you know. You don't you don't see the NFL and the NBA and all that canceling stuff and and you know they're sending people to the protocol left and right but hey like like the NBA uh, commissioner said that hey you know we don't care we're still gonna play you know that's my thing is like COVID never went away and guess what DG it's not going away yeah so, you know we're uh I think we got to learn to live with it and and I think these kids are in the best shape of their life. And, you know, I do get your, your depth issue and all that. And so it's, it's a, it's a, what do they say? It's a, a double, uh, you know, double edged sword or whatever. Yeah. 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 So, and I just hate it for the kids, man. But, uh, get, get into these, uh, New Year's six bowl picks. Um, you know, we got Michigan state and Pitt kicking it off in the peach bowl. And, uh, you know, as you know, Kenneth Walker, he, he, opted out for Michigan State and of course we all know Kenny Pickett he opted out for Pitt so uh, kicking it off here man who do you like in this uh in this Peach Bowl game uh man I think you know it's it's unfortunate obviously they're both superstars from both teams are not playing the game but you know you kind of understand to an extent because I mean you know I've seen a lot of a lot of NFL draft stuff having Pickett going first round, not even you know top five, top ten. So if you're if you're him, I totally understand. Kenneth Walker being you know one of the top running backs, we know running backs wear and tear you know ends their careers much sooner than most players. Where they might he might only play in the league five seven years that are good years. So uh, now I mean, does one get is one game one last game going to really make that big of a difference? Maybe not, but. I see where those guys go with that. So, but as far as the game, man, I I've seen Pitt play once or twice this year. I've seen Michigan State play. I've seen Pitt play in the uh, ACC championship game. They look pretty good, but that's obviously with 
Kenny Pickett, and I see Michigan State play when they played Ohio State and got drummed, but then I also saw him play Michigan, who's in the playoffs, and they beat Michigan. Um, but to me, man, with a month of practice, I think it's a lot easier to replace a running back than it is a quarterback, or someone, especially someone who started for you all season and led you to an AC championship. I, so, you know, with both star players missing, I think, it's a less of a toll on a team to lose your star running back. I think you've got enough depth at running back to where you can just kind of plug and play, hopefully. But, no, you know, your starting quarterback's still there. Your signal caller's still there. Nothing else should really change a ton. So, my pick for the Peach Bowl, man, is going to be Michigan State. Yeah, and and to piggyback off that a little bit is, is you know, Michigan State, they love to run the football. And one, one key thing I do want to throw out, man, is Pitt's front. Uh, they're elite. Uh, Pitt only allowed 91.8 rushing yards per game, only 2.7 yards per attempt. All right, <clears throat> but like you said, if if Pitt still had Kenny Pickett in this game, hey, I think we're all rolling Pitt on this one if if he was playing because Michigan State we saw that secondary get torched against Ohio State. I yeah, mean, it was over after the third uh, third drive of the game. C.J. Stroud just. I mean, he was tossing it all around the yard. And Michigan State had the worst secondary in college football. So, with Kenny Pickett, if he would have played, no doubt I, I take Pitt. Yeah, without sure. Kenny Pickett, and like you said, replacing Kenneth Walker a, a tad bit easier. I think Michigan State makes enough plays. Uh, they're a two-and-a-half two point favorite. I think Michigan State covers the two-and-a-half, and I think they win um, – I'm not saying that that they're going to win by two scores. I think they win by a touchdown, and I think it's going to be a a, a really good game. I think it's going to be hard hitting. I think uh, Pitt wants to. I think Pitt wants to show a little something even after they won the ACC championship with Kenny Pickett moving on. And uh, but I think ultimately Michigan State. Uh, I think they make enough plays and win the game. So yeah, uh, I, and let me add, add one thing about that. Yeah, uh, I just I just remember, man, that. Um, Pitt, Pitt's got that kid from USC, Keys and Slovis coming in. So, shoot, man, if you're the quarterback at Pitt, you know, the the guy's going to get the start in this game, man. You go out there and you throw the kitchen sink at him. You you, you try to have an A-day. This is your audition for next year. I mean, they're bringing this new guy in because they might not think you're good enough to be the starting quarterback. So, um, you know, it, 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 it damn sure could turn into a shootout if they let that kid get rolling and they let him play a little bit and see what he's got. Because we can't forget, they also got the Blitnikoff winner out at wide receiver. So, um, I think Pitt. I think, like I said, I think it's. I agree. I think it's going to be a good, good game. I think it might be one of the better of the bowl games, especially the New Year's Six. I think it might be one of the underrated games out of all of them. But uh, you know, it's it's fun to see how a team reacts and you know how a team bounces back after their quarterback does decide to not play the game. So, let's see. You know, Pitt might rally around the new guy. Pitt might rally around the guy who's playing, but. Again, like we both said, replacing the quarterback is a lot harder than replacing a running back. So, because it's not like it's not like Kenneth Walker is the only one that touched the ball season in the backfield. They got other running backs who's carried some of the load a little bit. So it's not like it's going to be a whole new change in offense type type thing. So, yeah, I think I think Michigan State in the two and a half is a good pick. Well, moving on, uh, we're going to go to the uh, Fiesta Bowl. We got Notre Dame and Oklahoma State, and. Uh, I, I want to hear your thoughts on that one. I, I, I'm, I'm curious about this game. I think this one also has a, a real good chance to be to be a good one. Yeah, man, I agree. I think uh, 
like you said, I think they – I think this is another – man. I think this is one of the better years so far that I've seen in the last few as far as the bowl games being – or at least the New Year's Six Bowls being pretty good bowls, like pretty good matchups. So, you know, like the last few years you've had a couple that were kind of questionable. And then you have this year, it don't seem like the big name teams. Like, man, yeah, sure, you got Michigan State Pitt. Like, that's not a game anybody was looking forward to the beginning of the season. Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, Ole Miss, Baylor, Ohio State, Utah. But, I mean, if you look at them on paper, a lot of a lot of really good matchups, um, good athletes, good players on the field. I think uh, – I know Notre Dame coming in, they got a good quarterback, Jack Cohn. Um, had a pretty good year. I'm looking at his stats right now. I mean, he had 20 touchdowns, five interceptions. Uh, he did his thing for the most part. They um, defense is good, but it's that's another thing, man. Another huge thing. I think this team's gonna rally. I think they're gonna have a lot of, a lot of grit, a lot of fire, especially with the way uh, Brian Kelly just kind of left mm. out, of, out of the dust. I think, I think the guys are huge, huge uh, fans of Marcus Freeman. You can just no tell if you saw the video when they announced him as the coach. Even though I think, I think a lot of people knew he was gonna get the job, but once. Once they announced it, that that video they released of you know the team how they reacted and responded, uh, I think shows how much they love him as their coach. Uh, I think they kind of rally around that, and that's not to say Oklahoma State's not a good team. I think Oklahoma State has a really, really good defense. I know they um, they were one of the top ranked defense all year, but if you remember, Oklahoma State's defensive coordinator left to go to Ohio State. Mm. Um, so. You never know. Not that you know. Not that the scheme's going to change or anything, but uh, that could be that could be a huge loss for them, maybe. And I mean, I watched I watched Oklahoma State play in Bedlam game, and I watched them play in the Big Twelve Championship game, and I wasn't overly impressed with their offense. I think Spencer Sanders is a good player, but I think he can make he he makes mistakes that. That happened to be in like bad times. Obviously, quarterbacks are gonna make mistakes. Obviously, they're gonna make bad throws. But it seems like he makes a point. You know, let's say Notre Dame goes down to score, Oklahoma State needs to respond. It's like he throws a pick or last minute drop. You know, last last minute of the second half or first half, big you know big drive to try to get some points on the board. He fumbled the ball. It just seemed like every yeah. time he needed needed a momentum change, something bad happened for him. Yeah, and you know, I mean, he threw four picks. In, in in that Big Twelve championship and 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 DG they were they were bad picks yeah they like, weren't good. yeah like receivers hands or were bad picks like I mean he struggled and and they were what a centimeter away from still winning that game because of their defense yeah yeah I mean I I'm looking at something right here uh, eight fewest points in the country for Oklahoma State's defense this year. Eight fewest points in the country, and uh, but hey, guess what? Notre Dame—they were number nine in scoring defense as well. So, I, I think yeah. uh, I think this game, man, I think it's going to be a good one. I think, I, like I like I said about the Peach Bowl, man, I, I think it's going to be hard hitting. I think Notre Dame's got something to prove in this game. I think they are—they're uh, out to to show Brian Kelly up. Uh, they they want to really. Really, uh, stand up for Freeman, and uh, I th- I think they're gonna I think they're gonna win this game. I think it's gonna be uh, something like I think it could possibly be something like Notre Dame twenty seven, Oklahoma State twenty four. Notre Dame on uh maybe 
team winning field goal, I think it could be that close. Yeah, I, I agree. I think um, I think Notre Dame, you know, something like that, 28-17, 28-20, yeah, somewhere yeah. in that range. You know, good game for the most part for the whole game, and then maybe, you know, last five minutes or so, Notre Dame scores a touchdown, kicks a field goal to put it, put it, put it pretty much out of reach. Because, like I said, I, I think Oklahoma State, this is probably going to be one of the better quarterbacks they've played all season because I know the, the Big 12 was lacking this year in quarterback play. Because um, I know the first time they played Baylor, they had they played their starting quarterback. And then in the Big 12 championship game, they played a, a quarterback who hadn't played all season from Baylor. And uh, that kid was able to – man, I'm not saying light him up, but he, he had a really good game and, Jack Cohn's played some big games his career before, you know, at Wisconsin and now at Notre Dame this year. You know, Notre, Notre Dame, they were number five in the country. I mean, they, they were on the doorstep of being in the playoffs. I mean, they beat Cincinnati and they're, they're in the playoffs. So, like I said, I think Notre Dame's a, a playoff caliber team. I think they're out to prove something. I think they're out to show, hey, Brian Kelly, look, you left us to go coach LSU, but we, we're, we're a much better ball club than LSU is right now. So, I like Notre Dame and the points minus – they're they're going they're giving they're only a one and a half point favorite so I like that Notre Dame and the, and the line so uh, like I said Notre Dame twenty eight twenty twenty eight seventeen somewhere around that range mm. I like that um, so now we move on to the granddaddy of them all DG uh, we got Ohio State and Utah let me hear your thoughts on that one man I think uh, I think it's a good matchup on paper. But when it comes down to it at the end, I think Ohio State's got too many athletes. I think people – I think obviously Utah won the Pac-12. Utah got hot at the end of the season. Recent, You know, the recency bias type thing. Like, oh, man, they look so good the last few weeks. But, sure, they played the same – they played Oregon back-to-back games. Like, Oregon how, – how good was Oregon? You know, obviously everybody stays on how good of a coach Mario Cristobal is and how impressive of a recruiter he is. But, yeah, he's been recruiting them good classes up there for the last three or four years. But – what did he do with them? I mean, he had a top five quarterback on his team, and they barely won their own conference. So, I mean, um, I think Oregon has athletes. Maybe you know this question. Is Kayvon Thibodeau going to be playing in that game? I, I do not believe so. I think he uh, I think he is sitting out for the draft. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think he's possibly the number one pick, so we can't blame him there. Um, I think that's a huge difference maker. I think Kayvon Thibodeau is a is a game changer. I think he wrecks the game on defense. But I don't think Oregon has the guys on offense to really keep up. Um, Ohio State was a good team all season. They had two losses. Obviously, their last game we saw them play, it didn't look good. But their offense is explosive. If I'm looking right now, they're averaging 551 yards a game. I mean, that's – that's in the Big Tw- I mean, that's in the Big Ten. When the Big Ten's got some good defense, it's not just like they're out there. It's not – the Big Ten ain't like the old, old, old like the old Big Twelve was. Um, sure, Michigan beat them, whatever, forty-one to twenty-seven or whatever the score was. But CJ Stroud, he's different. He's he had I me. Mean, he threw for three hundred sixty plus yards. I think that game. And if he doesn't lose that game, we might be sitting here talking about him winning the Heisman Trophy. So I think that's true. I think Ohio State offensively just got they got too much firepower. I don't even. I mean, if it gets into a shootout, I think they're gonna win. I don't know that they. I don't know if there's a way they lose this game unless Utah just comes in and is able to handle the line of scrimmage and run the ball. But other than that, because that's how we saw Michigan beat them. That's how I mean, Michigan was able to beat Ohio State because of their offensive line and being able to control the run game and keep the ball out of C.J. Stroud's hands and make him play catch-up all day. But um, 
you know, Utah's known usually for having a pretty good defense. So, I mean, I'm sure they're going to have some good stuff thrown at them. But I don't know if you saw the other day on Twitter. It might have been Instagram. CJ Stroud posted a picture of, like, him. And, like, the Heisman Trophy was kind of in the in the foreground. You could see the Heisman Trophy, like, cut out. And he was sitting – and you could see him sitting behind it and said, this is what turns us into villains or something like that. And it, mm. So, I, I think he's coming out with a chip on his shoulder. Like, hey, look, like, sure, Bryce Young won. Sure, Bryce Young did this and had a great season. But – don't forget about me, and don't forget that I'm going to be back next year as well. So, I think Ohio State comes out, man. I'm not sure what the line is. Do you got it in front of you? I do not. Let me look it up real quick. Ohio State. Let's see, Fiesta Bowl. So, give me your give me, give me what you think, man, uh, how you think the going is going to go. So, I, uh, I'm looking at this game, and, you know, I hear a lot of talking heads. They, uh, you know, they're, well, Utah, you know, they, they – they worked Oregon twice, and Oregon walked into the shoe, and and they beat Ohio State, and you know, I don't really pay attention to a lot of that. Uh, I think Ohio State, you know, they they got worked against Michigan the last game of the year. Uh, I, I think they're going to come out ready to play. I think another thing, like you said, with C.J. Stroud, is I watched the Heisman Trophy ceremony, right? And during the Heisman Trophy ceremony. Uh, um, what's his name from Michigan? Desmond Howard. He took a dig on national TV to C.J. Stroud about his offensive line with Aiden Hutchinson standing right there. And you could feel the awkwardness of that moment. Yeah. And I just saw C.J. Stroud. I just saw something. It was like something come over him, and he said, hey, I'll never lose to Michigan again, all right? And I'm about to torch everybody from here on out, all right? Because you just embarrassed me on national TV. And I think Ohio State comes out, and I think, like you said, that there's there's just too many weapons on Ohio State. And uh, one thing I do want to let people know about this Utah team, I've watched them play a couple times this year, and if you haven't watched Utah play, they got a safety, and he's from Peach uh, Peachtree City, Georgia. He's number six. His name's Cole Bishop. Watching people, he can play football. He can get up around the line of scrimmage. He can do it all. He can he, he can pa- pass coverage, everything. Man, he is a complete player. He's a head hunter. He's a freshman. He's six two, two oh five, and he's a go getter, man. And Utah does have they they have talent. Kyle Whittingham has, has been low key out there, and he's just been winning, 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 man. But uh, I think this is just a. Uh, I, I'm not going to say Ohio State's going to blow them out, but but I think they, they like you said they just got too many dudes, man. And and I think something like uh, like 38 to 38 to 21, 38 to 24. Something along those lines. Uh, but what's the spread? Spread is six Ohio State six and a half. So six and I, a half, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I think like I said, I think I'm on the same page, man. I, like I said, I watched Utah play a few times. When they play, man, they look impressive. They fly to the ball. Defense, they they head hunt. They play the defense like back before targeting was a thing. They play defense out there trying to hurt somebody, which you like seeing, but um like I said, I, I think Ohio State with CJ Stroud. You know, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, the freshman Henderson running back. I just think they got too many guys on offense. That Jackson uh, Smith kid, they 
they have elite talent on offense. I just don't know that Utah's seen an offense like this all season. So I don't know that they're going to be able to keep up. If they are able to slow them down a little bit, how good is Utah's offense? Are they able to keep up? Um, if it turns into a shootout, I like Ohio State big. But like you said, I think Ohio State covers. I think Ohio State wins by that six and a half. So I'm going to take Ohio State maybe uh, 45 to 24. I like I like Ohio State big in this game. I think Ohio State's had to prove a point that they're coming back next year ready to ready to roll. Love that. So now we move on to the Sugar Bowl. We <laughs> hey man, the Lane Train. He's got he's got Oxford, Mississippi. He's got them bumping. DG. Uh, we got Ole Miss and Baylor in the Sugar Bowl. Uh, Lane got them to ten wins. Uh, super impressive job. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, man, Lane Kiffin's a a dude. I like Lane Kiffin as a coach. I know when when Florida was out, I coached. That was a name that's getting circulated around. I like I liked the idea for a little while, but once I kind of looked into it, Lane Kiffin seems like he's just a little bit more of an immature version of Dan Mullen. A good coach, hell of an X and O's guy, but um, kind of goofy acting. I mean, we've seen his interviews. We've seen the way he acted during the Tennessee game. Like, sure, it's funny. It gets, you know, it gets the retweets on Twitter. It gets all the people talking. But uh, when it comes down to, you know, the respect factor and recruiting and all that kind of stuff, a lot of people say he's not not known as one of the better recruiters as far as a head coach. Um, but we know he knows how to call plays, and he's got a dog for a quarterback. So, uh, man, I I don't know if this is me just being a, I'm a, being a huge Matt Corral guy or being a fan of the SEC, but I don't see Baylor having a shot in hell and winning this football game. If they win this football game, I would be – I would be stunned. I'd be stunned if they are even competitive much past the first quarter. I think I think Ole Miss comes in, uh, right, kind of proving a point. I mean, it's Matt Corral's last game in the Rebels uniform. I think he's coming out. They're going to let him go out there and shine. You know, he's he's a projected first round pick. Kenny Pickett's not playing. Lane Kiffin's one of those guys. He knows, hey, my guy and Kenny Pickett, they're the top two quarterbacks in this draft. The other guy didn't get to play his ball game. I'm gonna let my dude put on a show. On national television, primetime, Sugar Bowl. Uh, I think I think Matt Corral comes out and has a field day. Not you know, not only throwing the ball, running the ball. Because a lot of people, a lot of people hold, you know, Matt Corral's. You know, oh, he's not that big. He's a little bitty guy. But if you've if if you've been able to watch Matt Corral play football this year, man, that dude plays with a lot of heart, a lot of grit. He he looks like he might weigh a buck fifty, but he goes out there, he runs them little read option plays. He'll put his head in your chest and run you smooth slap over if he has to. Um, I know a lot of people respect Matt Corral because I know there's a lot of rumors floating around. Oh, you know, first-round pick quarterback, there's no reason for him to play in this game. But I saw an interview with him the other day. He's like, man, I came here I came here to play football. You know, I came here for my you know three or four years to do my thing. He said, we, we got the 10 wins. We're in a huge bowl game. We're in the Sugar Bowl. He said, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be right if I let my guys down. Like, you know, if you're a GM in the NFL and you're thinking about you need a quarterback, that that's the kind of stuff you look at. You look at, man, this dude can ball on the field, but he's also got control of his locker room. He's out of the respect of his locker room. He he, he you know he, he's out there to prove a point. He's out there to show, hey man, like these guys have been here with me all year. I'm not backing down on them in this last game. We're gonna go out and ride high. Um, I think Ole Miss, man. Like I said, I think they roll. I think Ole Miss wins mm-hmm. by two, three touchdowns. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I'm look. Dave Aranda, Baylor, and you won the Big 12. Uh, hell of a job this year. 
and and Dave Aranda's a hell of a coach. Uh, they're 36th in total defense, I believe. Uh, he's got the Baylor Bears flying to the football. Uh, they're they're doing a great job. I think they're only giving up like I think it's like four yards of play, maybe. Uh, man, just just kudos to Baylor, man, and Dave Aranda. But I think, like you said. Uh, Ole Miss comes out. Matt Corral has a field day. He uh, he lights it up. They're down there in New Orleans. COVID, no COVID. He's going to have the people in the streets on Bourbon Street. He's going to have the city bumping the Superdome, baby. Uh, Matt Corral is going to light it up. And I like Ole Miss. I like Ole Miss to hang. I'm going to say it's going to be 45. I'm gonna say 45 to 31, Ole Miss. Okay, I like that, man. I'm looking right now, and it looks like Baylor is actually the favorite. Yeah, yeah. Hey, don't put it past them. Uh, don't put it past Baylor now. I, I believe they're gonna go with Blake Sharpen. Uh, he replaced Bo Hannon, like we talked about earlier. Yeah, um, and and he played in the Big 12 championship. Uh, looked really good in the first half of that game. And then come out in the second half, he had a couple struggles. Uh, I think Oklahoma State made some adjustments. And uh, he, he, you know, he kind of struggled a little bit in that second half. But Baylor's got some weapons, man. They got uh, they got the Smith kid at running back. He was a 1,400-yard rusher. And uh, they got the Treston, uh, I think his name's uh, Ebnar or Ebnar. Uh, and I, I think he ran for like seven, 800 yards as well, man. So, so they got some dudes, and uh, and I, you know, I'm I'm not saying they're gonna go out, you know, and 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 lay an egg against Ole Miss, and Ole Miss is gonna just wipe them off the mat, because uh, that you know I don't think that's Dave Aranda, but I, I do think Baylor puts up points, but I, yeah. I like Ole Miss, man. I, I don't I don't see Matt Corral going out in his last game a loser. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like I said, I, I'm I'm on Ole Miss, man. I like. I like the lane train to go out there and let us do have one one more big game in SEC country. I mean, hey, a lot of people might have forgot Dave Miranda was at LSU. He was at D.C. with that championship team, man. So, he knows what it takes to win SEC. I'm sure he's, he's got them boys fired up. He's probably telling them, hey, man, they don't they, – they think the Big 12 is, you know, nowhere near as good as SEC. You know, hyping them up, getting them ready for this ball game. But, I, like I said, I just – as a fan of college football, man, it's – Matt Corral's a good story. Matt Corral's a good guy, to, a fun guy to cheer for. He, you know, he brings excitement to the game. Him and Lane Kevin both, like, just how much they love each other. You can see their relationship when they talk about it on TV, man. It's, it's exciting to see. Um, like you said, I think I think Ole Miss, even as a team, man, I think they go out trying to send Corral out in a good, you know, a good way. You know, that's the first quarterback they've had in a while that's going to come in, go out as a first-round pick. Um Another thing Lane's going to be trying to do, I think he might be using this as a recruiting pitch. I know everybody's seen Arch Manning announced he's going to be at the game. So, if you're Lane, oh, if you're Lane, if you're Lane Kiffin, man, you let Macarella that thing eat just so he can not only go out on top, but also show, hey, show Arch, hey, look, dude, you come play you come play in Oxford with me, man, we're going to have you rolling too. So, uh, like I said, Ole Miss is a one-point underdog, so I like Ole Miss in this one. I'm going to say – shoot, man, I, I like – I like picking the random score sometimes. Let's say 37-26. to 37-26 mm. on this. I like that. Hey, one more one more thing to add on to that. Folks, if you ain't watched Sam Williams play for Ole Miss, 
give him a uh, give him a watch. Tune into the game, people. Uh, dude is an absolute stud for Ole Miss. Uh, just just check him out, and and I'm I'm telling you, you're gonna see him. Uh, you're gonna see him uh, playing on Sundays. He's uh, he's number seven, and he is a freak of nature. He's six four, two sixty five. He's from uh, Montgomery, Alabama. D lineman, and he is a go getter. He's gonna wreak havoc in the backfield, and uh, he <laughs> he's a special talent. So keep your eye on him. Watch him. You'll love him. I promise. He he brings it. He's got a he's got a high motor, and and he can play he can play football. So uh, moving on, we uh, we go to the college football playoffs, man, and uh, kicks off Friday at two thirty, uh, two thirty Central Time. We got first up the Cotton Bowl. We got Cincinnati, and they're out here screaming, "They want Bama, DG. They want Bama. Who do you got?" Oh uh, man, just like everybody else in the country, dude. I think uh, when people say that we want Bama junk, I think it just fires them dudes up even more than they already are. I think. Somehow, man, you got a bunch of five stars on a football team. They've been dominant for the last 10, 10 plus years. Somehow, Nick Saban gets them dudes fired up to where they believe they're underdogs or where people are doubting them again. Uh, Heisman Trophy quarterback, best wide receiver in the country, best defensive player in the country, best coach of all time. Man, as much as I hate and do not like Alabama, man, I just feel like. The train keeps rolling, dude. I, I think they come in. I think we know Bryce Young is ready to ball, but I think Jameson Williams comes in. He's been here. He's, I'm sure he's heard all the talk about the, the the sauce kid, sauce gardener from Cincinnati, about how he hasn't given up a touchdown, this and that. Jameson mm. Williams felt disrespected because he didn't win the bullet and call. I feel mm. like he, he comes out ready to put on a show. Will Anderson comes out, man. Didn't get invited to the Heisman Trophy ceremony. Didn't win the Buckets Award. Didn't win – any really big-time defensive wars, he should have won. I think he comes out somehow being a five-star guy, man. Same like I said. Somehow, somehow convinces these dudes for every game that they, they got to have a chip on their shoulder. I think, I think them dudes come out uh, ready to roll. Now, I'm not going to discount Cincinnati, man. I think Cincinnati, I think they're going to they're gonna be out ready to prove a point as well. I think they're trying to, you know, they're doing this for all the little guys. I think they're out there trying to make them look, hey, the little guys need a shot at this. So, I think, man, I, Alabama wins the game. I don't think it's going to be, you know, 51 to 14 or anything crazy like that. I don't think Alabama goes in and blows the doors off. Um, I think Cincinnati holds their own maybe for half. I think Cincinnati keeps it close. Maybe, you know, something like 17-7 halftime type score. Mm-hmm. But I think they come back for halftime. And I think Alabama makes a few adjustments at halftime. Kind of gets their offense clicking like they wanted to get clicking. I think final score somewhere in the – 38 20 38 17 range somewhere somewhere in that ball game somewhere in that ballpark okay um i uh man i just don't see cincinnati staying on the field um i've tried to look i've tried to look at it and man i think will anderson is going to live in cincinnati's backfield and he's got 15 and a half sacks on the year, 91 tackles. <clears throat> I think he is going to wreak havoc in this football game. And uh, what, what's the uh, what's Cincinnati's quarterback Ritter? Desmond yeah, Ritter? Des- Desmond Ritter. Yeah. Look, he'll he'll make a mistake, and 
and if if you make if you make a mistake to Alabama, if you make a mistake to Alabama, you're in trouble. And we we've seen it over the years, especially if they if they turn it into six. If you make a mistake, turn the ball over, and they score, it's 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 so hard to come back and beat Alabama when they're scoring defensive touchdowns or special teams touchdowns. You better not let them run a kickback or a punt back because if they do, you can just pack it all up and you can you can hit the tunnel and you can go back home. And and I know Cincinnati's got playmakers. I know they're supposedly the best secondary in the country. But I don't think that they have seen dudes like Jameson Williams, Ja'Cory Brooks, uh, you know, uh, you got Brian Robinson. Just man, Alabama's got so many weapons. Uh, Billingsley, uh, just man, we could keep going and going and going. And I don't know if if Cincinnati's defensive line can get pressure on Bryce Young. And and what happens when they do get pressure? DG, uh, you know, Bryce Young's been making these <laughs> Houdini plays, man. Yeah, and I just. I've tried to see them keeping it close, DG, and I can't, man. I can't. And and I know they played Georgia last year, and they kept it close, and Georgia barely beat them. And, and I could be totally wrong. You know, we never know. But I like Alabama big. And, and, and like you said, I don't think it's going to be like 52 to 14 or anything like that. I, I see something like, uh, like, like you were saying, 38. You know, seventeen or or uh, you know, thirty four to you know, thirty four to fourteen or I just like yeah. Alabama big, and I don't know if Cincinnati can keep up, man. I really yeah. don't. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I like I said, I, I don't know. I don't see it becoming like a complete blowout, but I think Alabama wins comfortably. I think they win. Where sure thirty four twenty, the Alabama fans might not seem like he's bad enough, but I think it's a thirty four to twenty where it's Alabama's in control from the kick to the very end of the game. I think Alabama, uh, you know, first drive comes out, they have the ball. I think they probably go down and take it for six. If they don't, I'm sure they're going to they're gonna be knocking some heads off on defense. Um, that one one small little thing I want to throw in there about this guy, they're running back. Jerome Ford is an Alabama transfer. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he comes out with a little chip on his shoulder, want to prove something to Nick Saban, which I don't know why you'd want to do that. But especially when you look at Alabama's running back, you know, running back room, and they got six five stars on the side. So it's like, look, look, dude, you they went in the room. So I mean, he tra- yeah. he tra- he transferred to Cincinnati. Had a hell of a season, nineteen touchdowns, uh, a little more than twelve hundred yards. I mean, he's mm. a good back, good back, but it's just man, like, I don't know. I don't see how, like you said, I don't see how Cincinnati keeps it keeps it that close. You know, all season we heard about how good defense Georgia was. How good their defensive line was? Did their defensive line get any pressure on Bryce Young? No. Mm-hmm. You know they got this. You know they got all these superstar defensive linemen and linebackers who weren't able to get pressure on Bryce Young. Sure, Cincinnati secondary might be elite, and I, I think they are elite. I, I mean, I don't know that they've played elite talent like Alabama's got, but I think they got some dogs. I mean, they got some some really good players. They've they've get, they've intercepted the ball eighteen times, and they're only yeah. giving up they're only giving up one hundred and sixty eight yards a game, which is second in the country, but. Um, like we said, man, they they haven't seen the dog Alabama's got. They haven't seen Bryce Young. They've seen what's the best quarter they may have seen. What the guy Notre Dame maybe? Yeah, they haven't played a ton of elite quarterbacks, man. So 
I think it kind of gets a bit of Georgia game. I think I mean Georgia was able to keep it close for a little while. Obviously Georgia hopped on Alabama quickly, but once Alabama was able to kind of dig their feet in the dirt, get everything rolling like they wanted to get rolling, they were able to um able to, you know, do their thing. So Alabama's a thirteen point pick with both of our predictions saying thirty eight twenty or you know, thirty four fourteen. We both picked Alabama to cover. Um Hell, that might be a bad pick. I mean, Alabama might win by 14, or, you know, they might win by 13 and a half or 12 and a half or, you know, whatever. But, you know, Vegas ain't stupid, man. They, they know how to put these lines to where you got to make a pick one way or another. So, uh, I think I'm going to stick with Alabama minus the 13 to beat them, like I said, 38-20, somewhere in, that, somewhere in that ballpark like we both said. Well, before we wrap this up, I, I just – I do want to go down through here. And uh, they played Miami of Ohio, Murray State, Indiana, Notre Dame, Temple, UCF, Navy, Tulane, Tulsa, South Florida, Southern Methodist, East Carolina, and Houston. A lot, a lot of elite quarterbacks on our list, Blake. That 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 is true. Um, <laughs> and 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 um, <laughs> uh, the the Navy thing, man. Look, one thing I do want to say about the whole Navy game is people are like, oh, you know, they only beat Navy twenty-seven to twenty. Look, man, that triple option is is super super tough to defend. Okay, and and I know that you know their offense played terrible in that game. Um, go, you know, if you go back and watch the film, but man, Navy can give can give somebody problems. Oh but, yeah, man. Like I you mean, don't you don't how do you, how do, I mean like if you're not a team that plays. The triple option, you can't really practice it. You don't even have a scout team that runs the triple option. Like that's, yeah, that's a that's a tough week of game planning, man. So I I don't look at that too seriously, man. Um, real quick before we move on from this game, uh, so the the, the over the over under is fifty eight and a half. You think we we get that over or under that? Fifty eight and a half. Do we? Uh, you know what? I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say we get over fifty eight points. Um. Oh man, I don't know. No, yeah, that, that's tough, man. That's a lot, that, especially with both of our predictions. You know, 30, yeah, yeah. 20, that's fifty-eight round of money, so it's kind of tough. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say no, we don't, because because I, I think I said I think I said like thirty-seven to 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 seventeen or thirty-eight to seventeen or something like that. Yeah, I mean, oh man, no. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say under fifty-eight and a half. Uh, yeah, and 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 I like Alabama, so. Uh, moving on, we uh, we got the last one, the the nightcap this coming Friday night. We got the Georgia Bulldogs and the Michigan Wolverines in the Orange Bowl in Miami, Florida. Uh, kudos to Michigan man, uh, Coach Harbaugh knocking the door down, getting in there. Uh, they reeled all five straight uh, after the Michigan State debacle uh collapse they uh i think they beat their last five opponents by an average of like 24 points a game they they throttled iowa in the big 10 championship it wasn't even close they were out there playing backyard football in the third quarter Uh, (laughs) yeah it it wasn't close and uh aiden hutchinson is a freak he's a uh he's a dude he's a player um I'm 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 curious to see how I'm curious to see how this Michigan defense 
you know, if they if they start getting pressure on on Stetson Bennett, uh, can can Stetson can Stetson step up and make the throws? Because man, we started watching Bama get pressure on him. He it's like it's like he started just everything was hey let's start zeroing an in on Bowers. And did you get that feeling? Yeah, man, I did, but. You know, if you know, if you remember the SC Championship game, Bowers, he, he went crazy. So, I mean, the zero in on Bowers might be his best bet. But um, another thing I think you know is that you're going to notice in this game, I think George Pickens was able to clear the COVID stuff. So, that adds another hell of a playmaker on the outside for them. So, now you got Bowers, who's possibly the best tight end in the country already as a true freshman. Mm. And now you bring back – a you know, an elite wide receiver, a first-round pick-type wide receiver who hadn't played but one or two games all season. He's fresh. He should be ready to roll, I think. You know, so, yes, I don't think Stetson Bennett is, a, you know, a prototypical national championship-looking quarterback. I don't think he he's going to wow you. We saw in the Alabama game, if that game, if it turned into a shootout, he's not going to win you the game. But this this game will, you know, if this, if this game turned into a shootout, I think he would try it was shocking a lot of people, not just me and you, but a lot of the, the big-time talking heads. I mean, sure, both offenses average, you know, one, uh, Georgia averages 39.4 game and Michigan is 37.7. But, you know, we saw we saw what Georgia did against Alabama. They didn't – once after Alabama figured out what was going on, kind of got their defense set up, Georgia didn't move the ball well. Um, Michigan is a heavy, heavy run-the-ball game. I think – I think we're going. It's kind of funny, man. We got one game where both offenses, you know, Desmond Ritter and Cincinnati can score a lot of points. Alabama's going to score a lot of points. So we got one that's kind of potential of being a high-scoring game. And I think we got this one. These teams are both built by the same. You know, you got Aiden Hutchinson on Michigan's line, and you got the other kid. I think Ojulari might be his name. Yeah, I they think got, it's something. Yeah, it, yeah, they got they got two elite D, D, defensive linemen, defensive ends. Where Georgia's got you know Jordan Davis. The Kobe Dean, they got the dogs on deep, you know, the linebackers, um, the other defensive linemen. But they got I was talking to a buddy the other day that um that works for the senior bowl and does some stuff. He was saying a lot of the NFL scouts are bigger on Georgia's backup linebacker Jalen Tindall uh Tundle or Tindall or something like that than they are in the Kobe Dean. And the Kobe Dean's, you know, considered one of the best linebackers in the country. So I think mm-hmm. both defenses have or both teams, my my bad, have both very elite defenses. So I think we're going to see a lot of a lot of pressure on the quarterbacks, a lot of, you know, both offenses struggling, I think. You know, that's that, if, I had to, if I had to put money on it, I'd say both teams struggled a little bit on offense. I think it's going to be whatever team they able to run the ball the best. Mm. And, man, I, I think you just got to look and say, man, like Georgia, you know, obviously a lot of people get tired of SEC bias and all that good stuff. But I think you look at Georgia and you assume they're going to be able to lean on Michigan a little bit more than Michigan's able to lean on them. I think Georgia is able to. I think Georgia is able to squeak it out a little. I think Georgia is able to squeak it out. Man, the lines Georgia minus eight. I don't like Georgia by the eight points. I don't think Georgia wins. I think this comes down, to, like you said, for one of the games earlier, a field goal, um, maybe a last minute or two touchdown to take the lead, to win a game. I don't know if if this one gets too too high score, man. I think Georgia is able to pull it out, but I don't. <laughs> I mean, this is probably this, out of all the games. This is the one I'm the least confident about. I don't know. I think this is a toss up either way. I think same here, DJ. 
Yeah, man. Whichever, whichever I think whichever offensive line is able to control the other team's defensive line wins this game. I know that's a cliche thing to say, but neither quarterbacks are elite. I mean, Cade McNamara's average at best. That's a Bennett average at best. Um, I think they like to they like to do a little trickery. Both teams kind of run, you know, running some jet sweeps to their speedsters on the outside. They like running the ball a lot. You know, they'll they a lot both both teams a lot of the play action. So I think um if you like old school football, man, it's the game to tune into for sure. Mm. Uh, do you think you know, I like I, you know I know Michigan likes to throw JJ McCarthy out there a little bit and uh and and get him in the mix, get his legs in the mix. I think uh, I think Michigan needs him to to come in in certain situations. Uh, I don't think that Cade McNamara is going to be able to throw Michigan to a win. Uh, he will get a little happy, and he will toss it to the other team. And uh, I just think that Zamir White and James Cook are a little better than what Michigan's got. And I think Georgia's offensive line, I think they're just going to slowly take control of the game. And and like you said, I'm not a fan of Georgia and the eight points. I think Michigan keeps it really close, but I think Georgia leans on them, and they eventually take control at the line of scrimmage, and, and Georgia squeaks one out. I really do. I know some talking heads are saying that Georgia's just going to absolutely run away with it, which, you know, we hear – David Pollock, he he said, uh, I think he joined the J-Boy show and said that it was a bad matchup for Michigan. And I see where he's coming from because Cade McNamara, like I said, he's not going to throw him to a win. And uh, and I just think that Georgia's got the, the a little bit more elite playmakers than Michigan's got, which I do like. I do like Blake Coulomb and Hassan Haskins, but I don't see Michigan just – continuously running the football on Georgia. And uh, I, I do think it's going to be a close game, though, because, because you know, I look on the opposite side, and I don't see Stetson just lighting Michigan's defense up either, man. Yeah, I, and, yeah man, yeah, exactly. I think, like you said, man, I think both teams struggle to throw the ball. I don't think – I don't I – mean, my thing is I don't know if either quarterback's going to have enough time to really move the ball down the field. I think it's going to be a lot of dink and dunk. I think – you know, Michigan's defensive line is going to get after it. They're, they got some guys who can rush the quarterback well. Georgia's going to obviously, you know, should, for the most part, stuff the run game and then force McNamara to beat him with his arm. And I think, man, once they get pressure on him, I think, you know, his – I don't think he's an elite enough of a quarterback. He's not Bryce Young. He's not going to torch those – he's not going to take advantage of, you know, blown coverages or, you know, mishaps in the back end of the defense. So, I think – like like you said, man, I like Michigan in the plus, minus the eight or the plus eight. So I like Georgia outright. I like Michigan with the spread. The over under is forty four and a half, man. I think that can, I obviously we don't like these kind of games anymore, but I think it goes under that, man. I don't know if we yeah. see. I'm saying, dude, I think final score somewhere in the range of twenty one seventeen, you know, twenty to sixteen, something like that. A lot of field goals. If you if you if you're a fan of kicking, Pat McAfee's gonna like this game. <laughs> that's that's what I that's what I that's what I was kind of thinking uh thinking as well like a like a twenty four to twenty you know something like that man like a twenty three to twenty twenty three seventeen something like that man I don't see a big scoring game out of this but uh 
we both I see that we both agree that Alabama and Georgia, once again, people the best conference in America. It always will be. Uh, the Southeastern Conference will reign, and uh, I think uh, I I think we're going to see Alabama and Georgia in the national championship. Uh, a flashback to 2017, and I think they are the best two teams in the country. And I think DG just heard him. Uh, he you know he he agrees with me, and and uh, ultimately I think Alabama is going to win the national championship. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Georgia won the national championship, but we will talk about that at a later date. Maybe maybe we get an upset. Maybe we get two upsets, and we talk about that. Uh, I'm excited. I don't want to see any more bowl games get canceled due to COVID, and uh, I hope that we get to play these uh, these playoffs. And uh, you know, I just DG, I want to thank you for coming on tonight, and uh, you were uh, terrific, uh, great, great co-host to me uh just you always bring your information you always do your homework and i really appreciate it man absolutely and, uh, yeah go ahead go ahead and give me your final thoughts man yeah dude like you said i think alabama even though people say this is you know that they're they can they're hit or miss some games man like the one game they lost they gave you know they scored 38 points and gave up 44 or whatever it was it wasn't like they just didn't show up at all so i mean i think alabama in my opinion, even though Georgia was number one all season, I think Alabama's been, in my opinion, offensively and defensively, the best team all year when it's you know when they've had to be. Um, I think they got the best players on both sides of the ball. Um, I think Georgia. I think Georgia's going to kind of be out to try to prove a point. Like, look, man, like yeah, we 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 showed up in SD Championship game a little flat. We want to get back and get that get that opportunity to play them again. But like you said, man, we'll uh, we'll discuss that later on. Maybe we get upsets, like you said. Maybe we get to talk about a Michigan-Cincinnati national championship or a, or a Georgia-Cincinnati, you know, something crazy. I think it would shock a lot of people if we were talking about Cincinnati this time next week. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Um, and, and you know, <laughs> I, I wouldn't – I wouldn't hate to see it either. I know yeah. what you're going to say, B. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't want to come out and say it. You know, I, I wanted to catch myself a little bit, you know, me being an Auburn fan. I wouldn't hate to see it, but I just don't see it. And, yeah. uh, and you know, closing it out, I want to thank all of our, our, our listeners and uh, everybody who shared the show, followed the show, subscribed, uh, listened to us, um, helped support the show. We did, a, um, we did a live video on Facebook earlier tonight, and we gave away $50. And I do want to give a big shout-out to Mr. Tommy Deshera. He was our listener. And, um, Mr. Tommy, um, man, I I love you, man. And, uh, Mr. Tommy sent the $50 back to me. Um, and my dad had open heart surgery at the beginning, at the beginning of this year. And I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to get emotional, but, um, my dad had open heart surgery and he had to retire from his job. And my mom has been working two to three jobs, uh, to to help them, you know, stay afloat and and uh, Iron Bowl tickets, uh, and and he got to experience that this year. Uh, even though Auburn lost, he absolutely loved it, and through a lot this year, man, and and getting to celebrate the holidays with him, uh, it it was just it was amazing, and uh, we're thankful, and we just want to. Thank you, Mr. Tommy, and uh, I've known you for years, and I've enjoyed playing softball with you. 
and you've always been a class act. And, uh, you know, DG, I know you want to hit your go Gators, and uh, <laughs> you, you can go ahead and, and, and do that. Yeah, man. Yeah, thank you. Like, like Blake said, thanks to the guy, to the people who support us. Thanks for listening. Um, we know starting a podcast is something a lot of people want to do. Something a lot of people, you know, like to do. It's fun. They're fun to listen to. It's, you know, it's fun to talk ball. Like we like we all like to watch it down here. Football, baseball, basketball. We just like to talk it, uh, watch it, get opinions on it. So uh, we appreciate you guys for listening. I know there probably ain't a lot of Florida fans that listen, you know, not yet just because we're down here in Alabama and Auburn country, but for the ones of you out there, man, go Gators. I heard that, man. And, uh, you know, I, I always wrap it up with a war damn eagle. And uh, thank you all for tuning in, and uh, we will catch you all on the next one. Appreciate it.